Welcome to episode 24, second of the year. Gray, how are you going this week, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Greg. Great to be here. What, a, what another huge week in sport. Um, we're going to be having a look at the Super Bowl this week. We're going to have a look at the mm, not great result of the first test match, Australia versus India. You're being very kind, saying not great. That's I think that's about as polite as you can be, but yeah, go on, sorry. Yes, and we're just going to update, update a few other things. But yeah, a very, very busy week in sport. Yeah, mate, and look, we both enjoyed the Super Bowl. We managed to slip slip into Sydney to to watch it at a um establishment, and we had a great time. We did, we did. It was the first time I'd done that. Actually, gone to an event to watch it, and thoroughly enjoyed it. it was we were just chatting off air. It was an awesome game. Apart from the you know a good day out, it was a really really good game of sport. It was close. You know, it was thirty seconds to go. It was what thirty five all, I think. It could have gone either way. Could have gone either way, and less than a minute to go, could have gone either way, and that's what sports all about, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely, theatre. Yeah, it is great theatre, and it's a unpredictable theatre, and it just keeps giving. And let, let, I, I really do believe the Americans do it very, very well. Oh, they do. They do a wonderful job in terms of the whole entertainment package, not just the game, but the whole package, and and, and not just NFL. I think the four main sports do it really well, but they they know that it's not just sport. It's it's sport, but it's also entertainment, and they really make the most of that those two aspects. They sell it, don't they, as an entertainment package. And do a wonderful job. All right. Well, if you're ready to get into it, Greg. Let's go, I say. Let's start with the misery. That was Australia's first test again in the uh, Border Gavaskar Trophy over in India at Nagpur. Mate, I'll read through the sorry stats first, Greg, if you don't mind. No, go for it. And, and then we'll have a chat. So, uh, well, the overall result was that India won by innings in 132 runs. So Australia batted first, 177 which is not a great total. Labashan, 49. Smith, 37. Jadeja, 5 for 47. Then India had their dig, 400. Now, we'll come back to that. We'll talk about that 400 in a minute. We had Sharma made a great 100, 120. Good captain's knock. Jadeja, 70. Axa Patel, 84, batting at number nine, I think he was. Al Debutant, Todd Murphy, 7 for 124. And Cummings and Hazelwood with a wicket each. So we're up against it. But then our second dig, dismissed for 91. Smith, 25. Labajan, 17. Warner and Kerry made 10 each. Ashwan, 5 for 37. And Sammy and Jajaja, two wickets each. So it was all over and on the third day, as I said, an innings and 132 run victory to India. What were your thoughts, Greg? Mate, to be honest, I didn't get to see much of it as it turned out. And I went, I flicked it on on that third night to sit down and have a bit of a watch. And I think I texted you immediately and it was all over. And I just, like, it had just finished. I couldn't believe it. I think there's not much to say for Australia. It was poor except for our debutante Murphy, the bowler. I think clearly seven for whatever you just said he got. You know, your first test starting in the subcontinent, the challenges of playing there in general, but then 
being able to perform at that level, kudos to him. That, that was a really good performance. But I don't think from Australia's point of view, there's much else to talk about, to be honest. They were pretty poor. Uh, they're very, very disappointing. I don't know what you think, but I think, I don't know, that going in without a warm-up match, at least in the conditions, seems to be odd to me. Yeah, it, w- it was an interesting decision, but it was made um, due to the last last time they did, they did a warm-up match and they produced a green top. And, and it was just a waste of time, basically. So they thought, oh, well, we might as well just go there and practice on the practice wickets. It's good as, you know, we're not going to go through a three-day game on a green top. It's going to play nothing like the actual test pitch as well. That, that was their thought behind it anyway. Look, so 177, it wasn't a great first knock, but batting first, but the wicket was turning from the get-go. But India, we had them at about seven for 230. They were only in front by 50, and the tail just wagged big time. Yeah, once Sharma got out, Jajaja hung around, and Axel Patel was a great knock, 84. Yeah, we just couldn't knock them over. Pretty amazing. 80-odd from your number nine. That's that's amazing on any pitch, let's be honest, in any conditions. That's that's great. Yeah, we, we just couldn't get that breakthrough. That we needed to break their back. So and and you know once it starts coasting, it's amazing how easily the tail can wag. Particularly once you lose confidence and not everything you try just doesn't seem to be working. And there was lots of drops get drop catches. Steve Smith, who is a great fielder, dropped two catches that are very easy by his standards, and it all added up unfortunately to to going in after the first innings, two hundred and twenty odd runs behind. When you're over two hundred behind on the subcontinent, they're always going to struggle, even to be competitive. And clearly they weren't at any level no making you know just trying to make 220 to stay in the game no very very hard to try to make those runs india batted in the same pitch they managed their 400 look it's no secret they're they're better players of spin they're used to those conditions but more than us but to get out for 91 yes the ball was turning but also a lot of our dismissals india bowled really well and they bowled at the stumps but a lot of the dismissals were from the ones that went that went straight on because I was spinning, you know, so much, because a lot of balls were turning at right angles, and then they'd bowl a ball that kept straight and were playing for the spin and, you know, LBW. I think it was four or five LBWs just straight in front. Mm. Um, look, some not great shots as well. I think Carey, who looked quite good, did a reverse sweep. I think he'll look back on that and think, what was I thinking? But, yeah, it was you couldn't single anyone out, though. It was just really, really disappointing and poor effort. Under they just not ready to me. Yeah. Oh, look, I know it's different conditions, but it's it's no surprise where they're going either. And they all play T20 there, or most of them play, you know, the IPL or so. It's not like the conditions are completely unknown to the majority of those players. No, whether as you say, mate, whether it's armor preparation, not quite head, not quite in the game. I'm really not sure. Look, as always with these things, it's Pat Cummins is a great captain for this thing. He's not panicking. Well, at least he's saying so publicly. It's the old phrase, isn't it? It's it's not as bad as it seems. It's not as good as it seems. But obviously, we need improvement. Well, it'd be interesting to see what, if any, changes they make to the team. Yeah. Look, one thing we can say, look, they did make 400. Our bowlers is the least of our worries. Yes. Although they did, the tail did wag, but our bowlers didn't do a bad job. It was it was the batting. You know, both openers failed twice in each dig. And help, like I said, Smith and Labajan, our best batters as usual. Dropping Travis Head, really interesting. Renshaw offered nothing. Yeah, that's right. And Hanscom batted okay, but was he? You know, was it worth making that change? I really don't know. So it is going to be quite interesting to see the team they come up with for the next test. Yeah, it will be. You'd have to think there'd be some changes, but then is that just a knee-jerk reaction? And if the players were considered the best going in, surely they're still the best. They haven't changed overnight. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, yeah, whether they just need another chance, whether a head needs to come in. If a batsman's going to come in. Look, I'm no expert 
but I think Head should be in it. I think he should. Have, I think Head should have been picked in the first place. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I like Renshaw. I think he's still got a future. But yeah, Head Head was the man. He was scoring runs. I think he should have. He should have stayed in there. Look, Green. I think Green is almost fit. So whether he plays or not, apparently bowled today or yesterday at full pace. I think I read. That's promising. So I think him and Stark both bowled at full pace. That's a good sign. Very good sign. So, yeah, it is. Now, the pitch, obviously, there's been a bit of controversy about the pitch again. India supposedly not letting us take, anyone take photos. I don't buy into all that rubbish. It's just, you know, clickbait and filling newspapers. I, I, th- it, I agree with you. Yeah. You know what you're going to get, don't you? It's going to turn square from the first ball. Yep. Yep. From day one, first ball over, it's going to turn significantly. We mentioned this last week. I get annoyed when it's like, oh, how dare they? It's every home team's right to produce something that suits their that suits their as team. As if Australia doesn't do the same thing. Yeah, we, we don't do it probably as much as we should, or as intensely. You know, as having said that, as long as it's up to ICC standards, That's of right. course you're going to doctor the pitch to, to suit your players. If it meets the general standards, but meet you know suits your players, then you're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? It just negates the. Think of playing at home. Not so much recently in Optus, but Wacker was always, you know, ready for fast, bouncy, fast bowlers. It was a really bouncy That's pitch, right. which subcontinent players really struggled on for the same reason we struggle on their pitches. Yeah, Wacker and the Gabba. Absolutely. You know, good, fast, bouncy pitches. Yeah. And yeah. So I did see an article that mentioned, you know, that's why Australia should always play their first test at the Gabba. And just saying, you know, it is demoralizing to lose like that in the first test of a series. Yep. It's a long way back particularly, you know, if it doesn't go that well in the next test. But I'm confident, look, I'm confident we will give a lot better showing in the second test. You'd hope so, because if they don't, they really will be demoralised, and I think it's going to be a terrible series. Which I'm hoping not. Even if they lose, but if they're more competitive, it'd be better. Yeah, and they need to be. The next test is in Delhi. Now, Delhi presents its own issues, the pitch and also the smog. Yes. There was a test last year where they actually had to wear masks or I forget who was playing and actually, I think, even caught it off for a little while. Right. So hopefully those conditions don't affect it, affect it too much. But yeah, once a win, it's going to be you know a very partisan crowd and a turning wicket. But yeah, our guys just need to step up. Look, I, re- I think we enjoyed, I enjoyed, I think we mentioned in the last podcast when it just started. The first two days was a really good contest. Mm. You know, hard to score, hard to get wickets. It was, yeah, but we just folded, unfortunately. But anyway, hopefully, you know, the support staff are doing their jobs and they come up with a decent team and we, you know, give a good showing. Yeah, as you said, as I said, as long as they're competitive and a better showing, I think that that's positive signs. That's all you can ask for. Fingers crossed. It starts tomorrow. So I look forward to, to watching it. I was like you. Every time I turned it on and get home from work, they'd be taking the bales off for lunch. And then I'd come back and it'd be too. Every time, nearly, I tried. I've got a couple of nights which is good, but yeah, I kept seeing them miss a lot of it as well. So definitely hope to catch more of the next one. All right, Greg, the greatest show on turf, Super Bowl 57, which was played on Monday, uh, Sunday US time. So it was played at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, the Cardinals' home ground, in an absolute thriller. The Kansas City Chiefs, 38, defeated the Philadelphia Eagles, 35. So the attendance was about 68,000, obviously chock-a-block. It was the score, the third largest combined score ever in Super Bowl history. Being a bit of a novice as I am, it did seem high scoring. It was. And I, and Super Bowls often aren't. They can be very defensive orientated. Um, the Eagles had, we both saw it as we know, look, the Eagles had the running of the play for what 
two and a half quarters, maybe even yeah. I'd say seventy five percent, seventy five percent, eighty percent of the match. Eagles were the better team, had the running. I, I significantly the first half, but even in that third quarter after half time, they were still looking the better team for a lot of it. No, they they definitely were. I'll just finish off the stats. So half time, it was the Eagles twenty four fourteen, which was flattering the Eagles. The Eagles probably should have been more at the ball that they that they had. Um, Patrick Mahomes was MVP of the match. The first player since 1999, since Kurt Warner, I think it was, to win the Super Bowl MVP and the NFL season MVP. So he's, you know, doing his, doing his job or living up to the $500 million contract. Uh, the halftime show was Rihanna, and that was you know, quite heralded, I think. I don't think it was, it was criticised too much. I think it was very well-received overall. Yeah, no, I think it was well-received. Now, the average viewing... In the US was 113 million, the second watch program, most watch program in US TV history. That's crazy. All the, the hell's this though? It averaged 113 million, but went up to 118 million at halftime for the ads and the watch Rih- Rihanna. Rihanna and the ads, yeah. Now the you mentioned the dominance of the game. Oh, we also have to mention Jalen Hurts at the Eagles quarterback. Look, although he was on a losing team, he was fantastic. Thought he played really well. 70 rushing yards, yeah, 300 yards in total, 70 rushing yards, a touchdown. It was, yeah, he, he tried tried his guts out. If they ha- if they won it, he would have been MVP. Oh, with, without question. You know, if Absolutely. they had have actually got the win, I reckon he would have been MVP of that match for sure, that finals. Great. Yes, so, but as you mentioned, Greg, Philly came out firing, didn't they? And they, they had the run of play. The, the Chiefs, before halftime, scored a pretty lucky touchdown. Yeah, when when the ball was dropped and they pounced on the look. A fumble and they pounced on it. And we said after the game, the Cardinals weren't great, but they somehow just managed to hang on, didn't they? Yeah, in the first half. Yeah, they. It was almost like if they had gone in only seven points behind Kansas City, that would have felt like a win mm. because they were totally outplayed. Yeah, I think you made the comment that was they felt that you probably thought that they felt break even at that score at halftime. And as you said, second half came out and Philly was still on top. Yep. Even looked like running away with it. Then, you know, a touchdown to the to the Chiefs. I think I mentioned to you or someone else we were, we were watching with, when the Chiefs got in front by one and Eagles got the ball back and I said, this is the first time in the whole match the Eagles have been under pressure. Mm. We'll see what happens. And that's when things started to go awry. Yeah, not badly, but... You could see it turn. You could see the, the momentum swing. And, and I guess we... Also, I forgot to, to mention, significantly, Mahomes, who had the ankle injury, he re-injured it just before halftime. Yep. It was funny, wasn't it? In where we were, there was lots of Philly fans, and they were cheering and carrying on. Absolutely. Saying, Mahomes is gone, Mahomes is gone, give us the Super Bowl now. And it was obvious that, well, it was well-timed, because he was going to go in and get kneeled up, and he was going to come back, you know, ready to, ready to go. And you mentioned turning points, Greg. Obviously, late the punt return. For asked by the Australian punter, and it, it was a great run, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was actually, and I, we just talked about this before we started recording, I think that was the, you talked about the, the fumble where they scored against the run of play off that fumble, but that return from that punt, I think, was what turned it around. That was the real, after that, the momentum totally shifted for the for the rest of the game. I think it was about three yards out when he got tackled, and they scored in the next, next down or two. Also, when Mahomes was under pressure, and he ran. I don't know if you remember that. And he ran about, what, 15 yards, you know, on one leg. <laughs> and yeah, it, it sort of, that's when I thought, yep, yeah, the Chiefs are going to pull this off. Yeah. So congratulations to, to them. 
as you mentioned at the start, mate, great spectacle. You know, lived up, lived up to the height. Great athletes going at it. it I think. Although Philly were the more dominant team, you can't argue, I don't think, that the better team when it mattered won. I think when the pressure came, the better team won, yes. There was a little bit at the end, I'll carry on about the the hold, you know, how the, the Philly the Philly player alleged to have held, held oh, the... wrapped uh, his arm around the... Is that the one you're talking about, where he got yeah, penalised yeah. for wrapping his arm around the... Yeah, the runner. Yeah. Yeah, the runner. The catcher. Yep. And yeah, but I think that was a few Philly fans just you, you couldn't say that that cost them the game. No. No. And it was the right decision. Yeah, you technically, know, it, from my understanding, I think it was the right decision, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't wasn't a howler at all. So yeah, just a better team when it mattered got the job done. So look, well done. Well done to the Chiefs. Well done. Look, much love coach Andy Reid with one of the finest mustaches in US sports. That so that's his second Super Bowl. Um, yeah, congratulations to him and all his all the organisation. Yeah, just look, they've been the last five years. They've just been up there and challenging, challenging. Well, I think the last five years they've made the playoffs and the yeah AFC, AFC final the last five years. So they're just an outstanding, outstanding organisation at the moment. And for as long as Patrick Mahomes, who's still only what twenty was he twenty six, twenty seven? Yeah, he's still got at least ten years left. So. I don't think it'll be their last opportunity. No, not not in the next few years. If they, you know, as you said, they're a well, a great organisation that's been successful in the recent time, and there's no reason why that would change at the moment. No, I can't see it changing. And look, but the problem, the problem is, like all sports, when you're successful, the players get offered big dollars to move, and can often break up teams, and that happens in all sports. Certainly does. Yeah, and and that's the thing, isn't it? So it'll be interesting how much of the, that team or that core that culture mentality can they keep together over the next five years that's right and look and nearly every good um quarterback has a great combination with a you know either with a, a running back wide receiver or their tight end or all of the above and um kelsey for the chiefs travis kelsey yeah he was fantastic look just to, for our ben behart jordan malada the bankstown boy yes you know, the, the the defensive tackle for the eagles look he did nothing wrong he played a he played a really strong game and look, our punter didn't. His second punt wasn't the best, but you wouldn't say the punt itself didn't cost them. No, I read something that it was a disaster, but I don't think the punt itself was that bad. It was just happening one of those returns that was freakish. Yeah, freakish return, poor defence. Yeah, and yeah, unfortunately, at a crucial time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think the punt itself was that bad. It could have been better, but I don't think it was that bad. Yeah, look, and for NFL fans, I think the next few years, particularly the the AFC, you know, we've got. On that side, such strong teams. You know, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Bills, who were who were, you know, really looked the real deal until it matters. Until that last game, yeah. Yeah. My mob, the Bengals. It's some real really, really strong teams. Um, you know, Baltimore on the up and up. So yeah, orders well for NFL over the next few years. All right, Greg. We might move on. I might put the microphone down for a bit. Uh, I think it's time to talk some hoops. Some hoops? So, what, what do you want to talk about? NBA or NBL first? I'll do NBL. I've actually got a game on as we're recording. I'm watching a game to my left here. Um, so I'll update on that. No, it's down to the business end of the season. We're down to the last four teams. So we've got uh, New Zealand and Tasmania in one half and Sydney and Cairns in the other half of the two finals to go to the championship game. Both of the semifinals are best of three games. So New Zealand and Tassie are playing their game to right now as we speak. And Tassie are up 84-75 with a minute 20 to go. New Zealand won the first game. So if Tassie, and I'll follow this for the next few minutes, 
if Tassie do get up, that'll be two games all, and that'll go to game three on Sunday for the winner to go through the championship. Winner to go through. Yep. Sydney and Cairns started their little battle last night in Sydney, and Sydney won. It was a good game, actually. Cairns had two of their major players injured. Um, Tahaj McCall and Keanu Pinder are both injured and didn't play, and Cairns were in it. They were winning by nine and a half time. Sydney came out and did an amazing third quarter, and I think they ended up winning by about five, six, seven around that in the end. It was tight, wasn't it? I know it was tight score. But it was close, and it was a good game. So Sydney are one up in that, and they play their second game in Cairns tomorrow night, Friday night, our time. And again, their third game is on Sunday, like the Tassie New Zealand. So we'll we'll know the two championship teams or the two teams playing off for the championship on Sunday evening, and that will be a best of five series. The championship game is the best series, the best of five. So it's still very tight, very close. It does look like Tassie's up 85, 75 now, so they look like they're going to um, equal that and get that into a third game. But I'll keep my eye on that as it goes live at the moment. Just quickly, Greg, I think it's good that geographically it's been well represented. Oh, the absolutely. fact that team from Tassie, from Cairns, now that's a, that's a long road trip. Yes. And, of course, New Zealand. I think you've got two smaller, more regional teams like Tassie and Cairns and two bigger financial teams, Sydney being probably the most financial team apart, or maybe Melbourne, but Sydney's you know big city. There's only one basketball team in Sydney. They get well supported when they're winning and they've obviously won last year and doing very well again this year. Got big dollars behind them. And then New Zealand, you've got you know a whole country behind them. It's a small country, but you've still got the whole country behind one team. So you've got to- kind of two bigger teams and two more smaller regional teams. And I think that's good. But as you said, it's spread out and, and it's not just the capital cities. You know, you don't have just Sydney and Melbourne playing off. And I think that's says something about the depth of the playing players available that they're you know we've got in our league that shows the competition is is high quality i think it all as well yeah r.i.p the the razorbacks yes poor old razorbacks and became sydney spirit and all the rest of it i think look if sid if basketball keeps going the way it is i think there will be a second sydney team they can't have one until 2026 that was part of the deal of the king's contract and license that the nbl can't start another team in sydney until after 2026 but I think if the league keeps on the positive trajectory that it is, then Sydney will be ready for a second team. It's got the population. It's just got to have the interest. That, that's right. And sort of, you know, driving, driving that. Yeah. So, look, all going well. Um, yeah, very, very close, very exciting series. So that, that's good. And as I said, we'll know the two teams into the championship playoffs for the best of five on Sunday night. Okay, great. Uh, NBA, what's going NBA, on? NBA, well, the trade, uh, we talked about the trades last week. So those teams all settled back down again now. Um, it's a bit quiet. We're just, they're about to have their um, All Star weekend break. So the last few games this week around before All Star. So they basically all the teams shut down for, for the whole weekend. It's a whole weekend of events and basketball and the game and the Rising Stars game, celebrity game, and all those things go on over the weekend. It's in Utah. It's, it's like Super Bowl. It gets marched around every year. So it's being held in Utah this year. Um, I hate the game itself. It's a terrible game of basketball. Because oh, it's just an exhibition game, really. Yeah. It? It's like watching the Harlem Globetrotters, to be honest. Yeah. And it's same as the um, NFL. Yes. Their pro game or all-star game. Yeah. Yeah, it's similar. Well, the, the thing is, and I, the players, they, you, you obviously, you know, a lot of players have bonuses in their contract to be selected as an all-star. So I get the, the kudos that goes with it, but they don't want an injury from it or anything like that. So it's, it's not a serious game. And I completely understand why. It's a terrible game to watch. It's usually about 150, 160 points each team. No defense played at all. So I probably won't watch it. Um, it's always interesting to see who's been selected as the top players and some of the conversation around that. 
So that that's on this weekend, and you know a lot of the teams shut down, no training, have the weekend off, players go away, have that that mental break from the game. Because light base, it's not as bad as baseball, but it's an eighty-six season game, so it's it's a it's a long season. They they play, you know, they play two, three, four times a week. It's a really long season, so I think to have that that break, that downtime for a couple of days, really does the teams well. So that that's on this weekend, and then it really ramps up again in that last quarter of the season after All-Star leading into the playoffs. So it gets really serious after that. All right. So what's this space? So there'll be lots of significant updates and I'll start talking about the top six and then the, the top eight playing matches and things like that coming back after All-Star break because that's when it really gets serious. The team on a roll at the moment is Milwaukee. I think they've won 10 or 11 in a row now in the East and they're certainly the, the team to watch at the moment. Okay, on a roll. All right. Peter, Peter Boll, the Australian 800 metres runner. Now, for those who don't know, so he was stood down, wasn't he? Because he failed an out-of-competition test, which was late last year. Yes. So his A sample, his A sample, his first sample was a fail. Yes. Yeah. Look, I'm not sure what the actual substance was, um, for, but he was stood down and they're waiting on the, the B sample, which nearly always is positive as well. Seems to be nine times out of 10, yeah. Yeah, but and this is one of the one times out of 10. That's not. Yep. And he's been cleared, apparently ready. To, he can compete again from what I read the other day. Yeah, the sample B, like I said, didn't match or was negative. And so at this stage, they said they're still investigating what actually happened. Mm. Yeah, how, whether it was a, you know, oh, I know, lavatory mistake or whatever the hell went on. But yeah, so he's. He- Look, I guess like everything, there is that slim chance there can be human error in these things. So that's why they do the two samples. It, I feel sorry for particularly uh, Peter Bowl because they all say when it comes out, oh, it's a mistake. And then it comes back positive, and it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, sure it is. And, you know, because I think Peter, he did say when it happened, you know, I got no idea how this has happened. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, right, Pete. Good one. But yes, that's exactly what, what, what has happened. No, as you said, better for the doubt. And, and I think in this day and age, sadly, as soon as that first one comes back as positive, the general public, like us, go, nah, you're guilty. You don't even wait for the second one. You nearly you've made your judgment before that second result even comes back. Yep, guilty, guilty. Uh, before proven innocent. Absolutely for sure. But look, great for great for him because he's a gun runner. You know, he did so well at the last Olympics, and you know he's he's setting himself up for Paris, isn't that the next ones? Huge future Paris next year. Yeah, yeah. So great for him. Only a, hopefully a blip on his training radar. Now the football codes, Greg. The NRL they had their All Stars game on the weekend. Between the Maori All-Stars and the Indigenous boys. Yeah, that was in New Zealand, in Rotorua, was it? Rotorua? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was good to see them change it. it yeah, cause I was going to say, I, thought, I was about to say that. I think that was a real good move. Yeah, it created good interest. They And during the week, I saw they doing lots of clinics and getting the interest up. And it was just a, it was a really good celebration of culture, of both cultures. Indigenous All-Stars won the game, 28 to 24. I didn't see it myself. But apparently, it was, normally, they're entertaining games as far as trial games can go. Look, again, like we were talking about with the basketball, yes, they take it seriously and represent culture, but they don't want a major injury out of it either. No. And... Being the first game of the season, there's lots of drop ball. A bit of rust there, let's be honest. You know, rust and, that's and clunkiness. To, and that's to be expected. And that's that's just the nature of the beast when you're playing, as you said, the first for a lot of the players, the first formal game they played this season after their break. So, But, yeah, I didn't get to see it either, but the score was close and good spectacle by all accounts. Yeah, and, and Selwyn Cobbe got three tries, so obviously played well. Um, but, yeah, as I said, close score line, well attended. So a great, a great start, I guess, to the, you know, Competition, the the new preseason competition where teams get points, not just points for wins, but for I think for 
Yeah, it's each pass that doesn't. It's just not interesting. Sorry, they're trying to create interest, but no. At the end of the day, it's it tri- trials or trials, in my opinion. I think we talked. I think we talked about last week in the pod. No, I agree with you. They're a necessary evil, but take no notice of them at all. No, I, I'll, as I mentioned, all I do is look at the injuries. Yes, and hope. Cross your fingers. It's not a major one for for one of your team's players. Yeah, necessary evil, but a few. I think it's the last one this weekend. Trial, I think. But I, I think. Know- I know it's the Charity Shield, which is obviously the Dragons, Bunnies, probably the most serial, serious trial in terms of his, history. I know that's on this weekend, but you might be right. It might start the weekend after. Yeah, yeah, I know too. Yeah, there's always two a fortnight break. Yeah, so I think, well, obviously the World, the World Cup Challenge, Pendriff and St. Helens. Oh, that's right. The World Club Challenge, yep. And the Charity Shield. Yes. And then, yeah, two weeks break and into it. I think a lot of teams are fielding full strength teams this week or at least for the first half anyway okay just give them a hit out and then yeah re- ready to rock and roll in a couple of weeks so look in terms of i haven't looked at the market yet i think we'll probably have a closer look in the next few weeks before yeah, the season th- kicks off. yeah i think not maybe not the next one the one after just before the season kicks off we'll have a look at the the market proper and the favorites and then the bottom end which as i think i said last week i think my team will be part of the bottom end i might be putting money on for the wooden spoon for them actually the way they're going but we'll see what happens and we'll, we'll give our predictions of just a few, you know, yeah, what we yeah. think. And but in, and it's turn it around, and that's the way it will be at the end of the year. That's right. <laughs> our predictions. No, but oh, I can't. Penrith are going to be very hard to beat again. You said that, and it's hard to disagree with you because, again, they've kept the core of that group together. I know they've lost a couple of players, but still the core is there. And I think, you know, in terms of the importance of culture and buy-in, it's all there ready to go. So they could be up, they could be up for a three-peat, which is really unusual. Very unusual. You know, a two-peat was so hard to come by so long. But, yes, well, it'll, they'll take some stopping. Um, just a couple of minor things, Greg. You might have seen Eddie Jones has started on his campaign, you know, getting profile and, you know, getting – I think they had a launch for the – some was it Club Rubby or the Super? Super Super whatever it is called now. I saw super that in Sydney. Super whatever it's called yeah. these days. Yeah, it was – the launch was in Sydney. Um, I did see that. I don't even know what the competition is now, but, yes – yeah, that so you know, obviously saying that you know decks are being cleared. Every player who wants to perform well, you know, is a potential could potentially be selected. Yep, for the world, up and coming World Cup. So yeah, so rugby's you know getting up and ready for their season. The cricket, our women cricketers won their first game of the T Twenty World. They Cup. won their second game as well. They're two games now. Okay, so they beat Bangladesh in the first game. Who they beat? It was another low level country, but I know they've won the first two on top of their. Top of their pool. Right. No surprises there, hey? Yeah. No, just a, just a... I'll just see if I can find that result while we're talking. But yes, I did see they've won their first two. Oh, well done to them. They should. Now, I mean, they're very dominant, the women's team, so you would think they would... Um, you'd think they'd be hard to beat. You'd think so, wouldn't you? But, but also, we are getting to that... Sta- we are getting into that stage where the anticipation from the football, for the football, you know, it gets quite intense and normally it's a bit of a it's one of those bit of a lulls it's like the october lull isn't it march but with the with the test series in india yeah it's good it's giving you something to watch yeah just sorry they beat new zealand in the first game and they beat bangladesh in the second game oh bangladesh was the second yeah yeah they beat um they bowled new zealand out for 76 they scored 173 off their 20 and bowled poor old new zealand out for 76 or 14 overs so they won by 97 runs And game two, they scored a hundred and um, Bangladesh scored a hundred and seven off their twenty, and then Australia were two for hundred and eleven off eighteen. So they won by ten, eight wickets with ten balls left. 
So neither very neither very close, and they play they play Sri Lanka tomorrow. Okay, it rolls on. Look, it'd be very hard to beat. I can't see them. No, not, not winning I said, that tournament. They are amazing and above. I think England will be good, but I think Australia. I'd be very surprised if they didn't win. Or yeah, but we'll keep an eye on it. We'll give another update next week. But yeah, I. I just think, you know, women's, I've talked about this before, you know, women's sports still struggles for viewership and I don't know why because their competitions in, you know, whether it be soccer or the cricket or basketball, their competition is amazing and Australia's world class. I mean, in so many, so many sports, they're right at the, for our population, they're right at the top of women's sport, you know, netball, uh, basketball, um, sevens rugby, they're gold medal winners, things like that. So yep. they, they are world-class. I just, why they struggle for viewer, why there's still this culture that we don't watch women's sports so much, I'm, I'm not sure. I'd love to philosophically or so. Yeah, and we've touched on it before. I mean, what the psychology behind that is, I don't know. It is slowly improving. Oh, absolutely. It slowly. is. It is slowly improving. Sorry, I digress. No, that's that's okay. That's all, all good. Um, Well, Greg, in terms of the review, that's it for me. Do you have anything, anything else that you wanted to mention? No, nothing at the moment. I mean, we're at that we're at part that part of the season. You said the rugby league's about to start. AFL will not be far behind. I saw motor racing, which we said we're going to cover a bit more this year, is about to start. I think it, their first race is in Newcastle this weekend or next weekend. The Australian yes, supercars it's that's coming up. coming up, and then F one's not far behind that either. So we'll we'll look at supercars this year, maybe, and we'll look at some more F one with. For sure, everything's um yeah, everything's sort of getting in the gear. Excuse the pun. I know the A-League's still trending along, but I, I must admit I don't follow it at all. We should do an A-League update, really. Yeah, no, no, we'll give an update next week. And I did promise or suggest an EPL, so that can be on our list Actually, that's a week. good idea, yep. Tasmania did win that playoff game, by the way, so they're going to Game 3, the decider in New Zealand on Sunday. So that's very exciting. That's good. Well, plenty of viewing on the weekend. There'll be some, obviously, Charity Shield, the Cricket Test Match, the Club Challenge. A bit of basketball for me on Sunday. Yeah, so plenty of, plenty of sport to get our teeth into. Now, Greg, just to finish up, I just thought, not a deep dive, but just a quick chat. The Super Bowl this week, and it's been reported just you know how popular it's becoming. So I, was, I just thought we might have a quick chat just about American sports in general, the popularity of American sports you know, in terms of top-level sports uh, viewership and you know as a spectator sport, how it seems to be rising in popularity. Well, I guess, is it really, number one? Will it continue, continue, and you know, what's the future hold? Yeah, it's it's interesting conversation. My wife and I were talking about this not long ago, and it's, she's not sporty as you and doesn't follow sport at all, but I made a comment that the the NBA had opened their own NBA store in Sydney, and there's one in Melbourne too. And I thought that was really great. I was you know, really excited being a basketball tragic. And my wife, she was, isn't that sad? And her point was, isn't it sad that the American sport can do that, but the Australian sport is always going to be second fiddle? You know, we can never compete because that's seen as a pinnacle and now they're infiltrating at that level on our shores. Does that diminish the local product? And I, I didn't really think of it like that till she said it, so that's interesting. I think, you know, the rise of the internet, social media, we can see scores live all the time now, whereas 10 years ago you couldn't. Indeed. I think that's helped the rise of American sport. Uh, look, you and I, they did a they did the opening round of the baseball a few years ago in Sydney and you and I went to one of the games. There was two matches. We did. It was the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, I think it was. Diamondbacks, yeah. Yep. And 
that was that was at the cricket ground, Sydney cricket ground. They played. The, we went to one of them. It was a great night. Loved it. I loved every minute. Yeah, of it was good. And you know, you and I are not basketball, uh, baseball aficionados anyway, but knew enough about it. Followed the game and had a great night. I sent you a message a couple of weeks ago about you know it's basically fate complete that they're going to hold the NHL game, hockey league game in Australia, either beginning of next season or the one after. Again, ice hockey in Australia, where. Is it following the sport or is there a novelty because it's an ice sport that we don't really follow or have access to in Australia? But again, I think if they do bring it down, it'll be a sellout. For sure. And, and it, look, nothing confirmed, but there has been talk in the last few years of, a, of an NFL game as well. Yeah. NFL's, look, basketball, hasn't it? It's always fluctuated a little bit. As you would know, Greg, the early 90s is probably when it really looked like taking off. It did. The late 80s, early 90s, I thought, the, you know, the whole... Um, end of the Magic Johnson era, you had Michael Jordan starting, all those sort of things. The Australian product was pretty good, getting good crowds. It was on the back of the NBA. It just, I don't know what happened. The ass fell out of it, to be honest. Yeah, you know? yeah. Be, well, exactly. And it was sort of, but it was sort of, I guess, mixed with also youth culture, wasn't it? Yes. Like everything a- American became cool. Yeah. You know, you had your, your NWA and those sort of rap groups were big. And of course, because those um, sort of Americans, they're into their basketball. Mm. So it was very cool then to, to be a Kings fan or a Melbourne Tigers fan. Yeah, or- no, you're right. You're right. And for whatever reason, the culture shifted away and basketball locally died. I think probably the NBA interest died off a little bit too, but there's been a real rise back in basketball, but not just basketball. As you said, NFL particularly as well. Probably out of the four American sports, they're the two that have really get a big following in Australia, basketball and, and the football. Yeah, yeah, the football has just been a, a, a pretty steady rise. Look, it's always been a bit of a niche following. Yeah, you know, right from the nineties, I still remember. You know, obviously the Super Bowl, but I think on Fox Sports or Channel Seven, do about. I remember Laurie Daly used to do a show on it, and Colin Scotts, you know, the former. Oh, the former Australian guy who played there, kind yes, of a bit of trailblazer. guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's always had you know a niche following. But over the years, yeah, as you said, with the advent of the internet and things like that, it's just become more and more popular. Mm. And this, we went to a pub in Sydney, the Shelbourne, whereas 10 years ago, the Star City have always had an NFL function and you would have had a few others, whereas now we're just everywhere. And I was saying that the amount of um, sick days that were taken on Monday. Yeah. And as you we, we looked, there would have been four or 500 people just in that little venue we were at. And that was only one, and that was only one of many. But you know, that they were doing four hundred people, easy, easy, and about three hundred ninety-seven of them were male. Yes, we did. We did make that comment that there was a very much a male-dominated crowd. Yeah, look, it, a real football lovers sort of thing, isn't the Super Bowl? But now you see people wearing their jumpers. Yeah, you know, they they latch onto a to a NFL team, and and I think most, still, the majority of Aussie football lovers, particularly rugby league lovers still say, no, I just can't get into it. And I was like that. Mm. But my son got into it, and I just persisted for a bit longer, and now it's just like, wow. Although I I think the thing is, although we refer to them both as football, they're very different sports. And I think you you can be a rugby league lover and an an NFL lover because they're so different. And and you can't go in the mindset, oh, we're going to compare rugby league to NFL. I don't think you can. No, you can't. Yeah, the, the, I think originally when it was first played, might have been more similarities. But early on, someone picked up the ball and decided to throw it forward. Yep, and that and that changed the whole thing. That's right. 
you know. And look, and they've both got their great points. Yeah, I'm like that, Greg, too. I even don't like comparing AFL to rugby league because they're different they're totally sports. different yeah. sports. And, you know, with different skill sets and different, you know, great things about, about both codes. I agree with you. And I that, think I totally agree. And I think NFL sits separate from all of that. And, and yes, it's referred to as football in the American market and because of that we refer to it as football, like we do at rugby league and AFL, both referred to as football. So it sort of gets thrown in the same basket, but they're not really. They're very different games and very different sports. No, they certainly are. And yeah, it's just NFL's just been a steady, you know, steady riser and it's just for whatever reason getting more and more popular. Now now are are our sports administrators concerned? I don't think so. I don't think they're I no, I don't think they're concerned about it. I think at this stage, it can coexist because you're only you're talking about television viewership. They probably are losing some money in terms of you know people only have so much money in terms of fan wear and supporter wear. And you know if you're buying American jerseys, you're probably not buying Australian jerseys or for all sports. So that's probably where they're losing some dollars. Potentially, yeah, I, yeah, I could see that. But in terms of um, audience, you're talking about TV audience. Well, you've got generally pay TV, so you're watching NFL and, and football or basketball and the American basketball is all on the same channel. So I don't think they're losing viewership from it, put it that way. And I guess they're sort of preaching the converted too because the, everyone that watches NFL really are sports nuts, aren't they, yes. like us? You know, They're already into their football code in Australia, whatever it might be. They'll watch any sport, any, any, any good competition that's exciting. They're ha- happy to have a look. And get into it. I think very, very few people would replace NFL with rugby league or F- I- AFL. It's more of a supplement or an addition. I, I, I think that. you'd add like you have. You'd watch it as well as instead, of, but not instead of. No, definitely not. No, and and I guess the timing is good too, isn't it? It because because NFL is our summer. Yeah, so they can't, they don't cross over. Whereas our basketball season is the same as the NBA, so there is that bit of competition. Yeah, that certainly is. And baseball, yeah, and. And baseball doesn't compete with our cricket. No, yeah, it's the US US sort of spring summer. So, so yeah, look, but I think it's undeniable that they're becoming more popular in terms of TV viewership. Yes, um, and interest level, like you, you know, you just around the traps, you just seem to meet people that know more about the NFL and the NBA, particularly. Yep, yep, definitely. Yeah, look, I think the NHL and MLB, the baseball, are less slightly less so. Probably less so. I, I would agree with that, but. I think there's interest there in those two as well. Oh, yeah, certainly. So, yeah, there's definitely interest, not quite as high as the other two, but yeah. No, certainly um, yeah, certainly fair to say that American sports, it's certainly infiltrating our, our sporting culture. It is. Increasingly. It, it, definitely, it, it definitely is. There's a bit of fantasy around the, the amount of money players make, a bit like the European soccer, football or European soccer as well. But the sort of dollars, and we're talking about all the sports that some of those players make is just incomprehensible. Totally. You know, no one's making no one's making five hundred million dollars in rugby league or no, AFL. That's right. You know, that's so right. that that sort of puts that real stigma about unreachable for us. Yeah, elite. If you know what I and, mean, that elitism. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. And we get someone that does make it, like the Jordan Malata. Yeah, you know, what was it twenty or whatever? However many million his contract is compared to the five thousand bucks he was offered by South Sydney. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, you know, for a train, and we'll see how you go. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you're right. It's just that out of reach, just that, I don't know what you'd call it. So I think that mystique has something about the the interest for us, us as a community, not just you and I, us as a society that, you know, how can someone get paid half a billion dollars just to play, throw a football? Yeah, <laughs> to run around throwing a football around. Like that, that's just, anyway, that's another conversation. Should sports players be paid that much? 
Yes. When our, and, nurses, and when our, nurses, our nurses can't get a dollar. Like, seriously. Anyway, oh, that's, no. another, that's another conversation. Conversation for another day, I agree. Yes. All right, Greg. Well, I think that's it for me. I think that's it for the week. Yep. That was good. Yeah, I think good chat. I think we've done all right. Good chat, mate. Um, look, just quickly, thanks, thanks to our listeners. Please feel free to drop us a line, an email, or well, email's probably the best. Email's way, probably it, still the best. Yep. Two spotting muppets number two spotting muppets at gmail.com. If you've got a got a question, reach out. Idea, please give us an idea. Question, we'll love- suggested topics. Anything like that, deep dive topics. Yeah, we will do another little history thing. We had some good feedback on on that. And look, and just thank you for everyone that everyone that does tune in. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah. No, we like we love putting it together and we're just glad some people have take the take the time to listen. Yeah, even if it is probably on double speed in the car driving to work, which I can't blame them for, but none nonetheless, we've got some listeners and we appreciate it. No. Look, something Greg I didn't think put you on the spot, you don't need to answer. But maybe at the end of each pod we could just a suggestion anything that you've read um looked at sporting wise or anything else that you think people should consider i'll, I'll go just just a good sports co- podcast continue i know you'll probably have a listen the howie games you know, he, he's done an updated on lauren jackson I he did lauren jackson yep no yeah do you know how he did lauren jackson mm-hmm. a, a year or two ago mm-hmm. but now they've updated it since the and about her journey to the world cup okay yeah so look howie games is an excellent, excellent sporting one. Um, look, I haven't listened, but I will give Willow Talk a go. There's a cricket podcast to Willow Talk, which is Brad Haddon and Adam Peacock from Fox Sports. Yep. Yeah, all things, all things cricket. So there's there's a couple of couple of pods that might might be worth a listen for our sporting. Right. I, I will come back nuts. with one or two next week. No problem. All right, Greg. Thank you again. Great fun. All right, mate. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see yeah. you next week. We'll catch up next week. Thanks, Greg.